from the halls of ivy-covered universities to the corridors of power. Secret societies have long been a source of fascination and speculation. Are they simply harmless social clubs, or do they hold the keys to powers and influence? Tonight on Newsworthy, two words and two question marks. scoured the podcast world and finally found us newsworthy with steve and jerry where we delve into all things mysterious macabre or out of this world and decide if they are truly newsworthy two words and two question marks why should you work with ed lock A better question is, why wouldn't you work with him? He is proud to support an amazing lender, USA Mortgage. When you work with them, you can expect a home financing experience that is free of hassles and headaches. They have complete control over your loan due to in-house operations such as processing, underwriting, closing, and funding. USA Mortgage represents a lot of fantastic things but they are especially thrilled to partner in several community outreach programs, including Habitat for Humanity, Home Sweet Home, Veterans Community Project, and many, many more. They love going to work every day, which means they love working for you. Ed wants to be your lender for life, so reach out to him today and get the journey started. If you would like more information, please reach out to Edlock at area code 502 NMLS 448-908, USA Mortgage NMLS 227-262. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions may apply. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Oh, if you listened on Patreon, which we don't have established yet, you would have just seen an amazing <laughs> exchange of the meeting of the minds, but... Hour and a half. We're, we're not there yet. We were back on the old <laughs> topics. News, yeah, politics. we were talking politics over dinner that just spilled over into the show. And we've, we've, we've restarted and we're ready to go now, refreshed and energized. Three from, hours from when we should have started. We, we, we are energized now, though. And that's good. But you know, I'm really sore, guys. It was so cold last week. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was so cold. I went outside and slipped and fell on a frozen newspaper. Oh, yeah. I fell on hard times. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I love that joke. (laughs) We can tell. You're not even drinking alcohol. Not one drop. That's a bottle and a half. Listen, of wine last listen, there. I just want to tell you all, and, and if you guys follow our show two weeks ago, um, I may have had a beverage one too many, <laughs> and it came it through. Awful. So I came through. <laughs> it, it came through bad. Is that so why you're? Is that why you're not drinking tonight? That's why I'm not drinking. Well, I'm on that diet. So well, okay, that's why I was assuming. I've started diet. my low iodine diet, yeah. preparing. Is for there my, iodine in wine? No, actually, I can have wine. But the problem is, I didn't eat a very good dinner to hold that. And you had potatoes; that'll suck it up. Yeah. Well, I just, I just, I'm trying to, trying to behave. Well, let me all. Let me just tell you. All, We're glad you're back. I, I tell I you mean, what, the legal battle to get out of that zoo was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I'm ten thousand dollars in debt just in lawyer fees right now. But I did learn something. What'd you learn? So, did you all know that koalas aren't actually bears? You you told us this the last time you went to the zoo. Did I? Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. I've not said this joke. You have. I've not said this punchline. They don't meet the koalification. I said this joke before? (laughs) I didn't remember. 
Well, while you come up with another I got to find another I'll joke. Do mine. Are you serious? <laughs> the last time you were on with this. You no way. This. Absolutely. I think I told you I was thinking about doing no, that. No, no, you did it. I swear to you. Oh, I did. You're right. That's right there. <laughs> You were saying you fell on hard times. I, I did. Yeah, well, I, I kind of had the opposite week. I've decided what my next job's going to be. Oh, really? Yeah. Cleaning mirrors. Oh? I can really see myself doing that. <laughs> oh, you, you don't like it? I'm just I'm just super talk? upset right now. I was on the car ride here, and I was like, oh, they talked about the zoo. I'm like, I'm going to bring up this koala joke <laughs> that I thought about doing. <laughs> And now it's just ruined. Oh man, Here's I had it all planned out, dude. No, I'm, no, I don't need your petty jokes. <laughs> Fine, I'll do you it. Know what? I just might not be. It might not be done. Since y'all didn't like my last one, I got another. Actually, one. I loved your last one. I don't know if you guys knew it, but I was raised an only child. Really? Which I really feel your was, brother would feel really bad about it was awful. saying that. Part of my brother, it no. really was. <laughs> Very unfair to him. Oh man! <sighs> wow, that was that was a rough start for me. Well, it's okay, Brett, because you know, while while you were thinking there, I just got a text from a wife with one word. It says Earth. Earth. It means the world to me. I oh. said this joke. You. Just- <laughs> said this joke before <laughs> here's another joke that Brett told me a while back only he didn't tell it to me as a joke he said that uh, remember when he's telling us he said that his girlfriend kept accusing him of cheating said she's starting to sound like his wife <laughs> oh man you know the funny thing the last time I was at Brett, Brett's house his wife yelled at me from the other room. She goes, hey, Steve, have you ever been, like, having a pain in your back like someone's stabbing you with a voodoo doll? And I'm like, no. Why? She goes, how about now? <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was time to leave. <laughs> yep. Pretty good sign right there. All right. I, this, is, this is not prepared. What do you all call an apology written in dots and lines? What? Over a Morse code. Oh, I know. It, listen, I, that was a five minutes in to get to that. <laughs> you guys just came up with a bunch of good ones, and I was like, ah, "That's the first one." That I was like, "Yeah, sounds good." I'm gonna do one you guys told me not to do a long time ago. Oh, no. oh shoot! Mm. This is a Patreon only no joke. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> anyway, I was driving down the road the other day, and I saw my ex, and I was thinking, it's funny how the phrase. I'd hit that changes over the years. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was a good one. I, I remember that one. <laughs> you wanted me to do it at the time. Yeah. And you did it. It finally made it on the show. <laughs> Steve is reaching for his blood pressure. Medicine. I could not get to the mute button fast. I really want to do that reverse uh, cowgirl joke, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, we ever get a Patreon started, we're gonna have to have a dad joke <laughs> segment. Anywho, um, anywho, that'd be a good anywho. thing for YouTube Shorts. Is our yeah, dad jokes? It would be nice. Oh, that would quickly end our YouTube. <laughs> it would demonetize us very rapidly. So, the good news is, the cool thing is, next week we have an almost new studio. Pretty exciting stuff, right? Weather permitting, right? Weather permitting. Um, we will have more access to all the things, which makes me very happy. Oh, things considered. All things considered. Um, and uh, tonight's episode is kind of, I'm not, we were talking about it. So a little bit of backstory. So we usually decide next week's topic at the end of this week's topic. You no. know, we try to change it up so we're not hitting the same topics. You know, over and over and over again. Even the same genre. We try yeah, to we try to switch the genre a little bit just to keep everybody interested. Yep. Um, and when we picked this one that we're going to cover tonight, we were like, ooh, that sounds fun. It was actually Brett's idea, of course. He'd send us a message from from the zoo. 
We even talked about your your the girl you met over there. We heard she was a real keeper. <laughs> Anywho, zookeeper. <laughs> Didn't we just did this joke too? Right, I did. I did that. That's a, I, I redid that one. It, it was that fit. last week. Yeah, you did that one last week. Yeah, I swear you did that when I was here. But anywho, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. So while Brent was gone, he sent us a message. You know, because we still were talking with him. Uh, he had his phone before the battery went out, uh, and. Uh, we decided to do this topic, and we were like, yeah, that sounds really cool. And we do this occasionally. We, we get, get into it. We get into it, and by the time we realize, oh, that's not very juicy, it's already too late to switch topics and, and change up. But we're going to do this one as much justice as we possibly can. We're going to even cut, get into some of the conspiracy theories about it. Um, but... um. I already know which way I'm leaning going into this one. And I try to keep an open mind. So. It, this is my idea, and I, I 100% agree. I, I, yeah. I already know where I'm leaning yeah. as well. But So, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, secret societies. And more importantly, and more to the point, I guess, secret societies based in colleges. Yes, collegiate um, secret societies. Yeah. And given their name... I don't know why we thought it'd be a great idea because they are secret <laughs> societies. And if they weren't secret societies, they wouldn't have any intrigue or what's the words I'm looking for, Jerry? Well, um, I think intrigue summed it up. You know, well. they, they will, all that we have is a lot of speculation. But there's a reason why groups like this typically are secret, right? right. We assume there was more reason. Right. I think that what we were actually, we're not saying that the reasons aren't there. We're saying that we've not been able to unearth those reasons. And that's to three a of us degree. digging as, just as fast as our little. And let me just tell you, I, like I was telling you all before the show, I think Google has a lot of secret society people. Because I, I was trying to research this, you know, I was like, you know, rumors of secret societies and, you know, you know, rumors about, you know, uh, skull and bones. And I'll tell you what Google did is just give me a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> nothing compared to anything I put in that search at, <laughs> that search bar because I, I I mean it was coming up with all kinds of crazy stuff like that was nothing related to Ivy League conspiracies. It was it was crazy. But anyways, so you people at Google, I I'm on to you to say so you no. Know. <laughs> we know whose payroll you're on. And we're gonna get you. So who's wanting to start it? I, I can I can go ahead. This is my topic. I'll I'll, I'll I can I can get it started and then you so guys can. What we're going to kind of do here is before we start, just kind of give them one overview. We're going to sure. cover a few of the societies. Jerry, you found like a hundred and sixty college based secret societies. And you're going to cover right? every single one. No, in detail, beginning. To, okay, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're gonna, we've kind of picked out our favorites, the ones we want to talk about. Uh, uh, and then we we we're gonna come back to secret societies, but we're gonna go we're gonna leave the college ranks and talk about some of the bigger ones that are out in the world the you know the world for adults and stuff at a later time. So just because you don't hear your secret society that you like today, <clears throat> there's looking at you, uh, uh, Freemasons, Freemasons. Um, Here's looking at you, Illuminati, yeah. um, New World Order. Uh, we will, at some point, come back to you. Um, Hear that, Google? <laughs> today, we're going to focus on the ones that are based in or have origins in some sort of higher education. So, uh, And again, we're not going through all 160. We've kind of picked our 143. favorites. 143. Oh, 143. Um, and so that's what you can expect in this episode. So... Brett, lead us out. Lead the charge, my so, man. So what is a secret society? So it's it's a club or group that restricts membership. It makes a significant effort to keep their affairs, membership roles, signs of recognition, initiation, or other aspects secret from the public, which is why these groups and organizations get so much, so many conspiracies uh, made up about them. Because in reality, we don't know anything about them, so we just... You know, we're left to the imagination. 
So uh, as as we talked about, these aren't exclusively at Ivy League schools, uh, but the societies at these Ivy League schools are usually a lot older, um, and they have a, a a list of notable members that we can that we can look at that we can research. So just to you know, talking about secret societies, some that uh, are well known that aren't some of the things that we just talked about, like Christianity at the beginning was a secret society. They had to be secret because they were trying to avoid persecution from the Romans. Still is in China. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, all, yeah, you're right. It, it still all churches, is all of, churches in China are house churches. Right. Um, the Freemasons we talked about, um, they had 13 of the 39 men who signed the constitution. They were 13 of them were Freemasons, including Ben Franklin, George Washington, John Hancock, the mafia is a secret society. Um, so again, those are just, yeah, you know, some examples. So many movies and books have been influenced by these secret, secret societies. This is actually what made me want to talk about the topic because I just read um, this book called Ninth House. Um, and it was uh, a book that uh, took place in at Yale. And it was uh, about this girl who gets into this secret society because she has some, you know, supernatural powers. And essentially it gets into this, like, you know, uh, demonic lifestyle of these uh secret societies and actually the author was um a part of wolf's head which is a secret society at yale it was one of the bigger ones um anyways it, it just got me in at the end of the book they uh of course i was reading this never heard about any of these secret societies and then at the end of the book they were like <laughs> listening to all the societies and the notable members that have been attended it. and i was like what <laughs> So that's that's kind of what like got me thinking. Oh, this would be a good topic, um, and of course we started looking into it. There's not a lot of solid evidence that anything abnormal is going on at these places, other than the the the, the main thing is really the the people who are a part of these secret societies. So, which one is your favorite? If you if you had to pick a society that you're like, ooh, which one is it? So, like, as far as, like, in college or just any society? Well, well so today we're going to keep it to the college. So Skull, Skull and Bones is my favorite. All right. Well, as, as far as Before college. he goes into Skull and Bones, that'll be next. One question. How would you define the difference between what we're going to talk about and fraternities and sororities? A lot of what they do is in secret. What's the difference? I would... I mean, I would say and this, this, this may be up for yeah. This may be up for debate, but I, I would say the difference is the fact that they. I mean, they're sworn to secrecy. I don't know. I I, I was never in a fraternity. I don't know if they're any different. So many of their. Um, it seems like, especially these Ivy League schools. I I know there's secret societies all over. They're this the most of these uh, members are selectively chosen. You know, you just end up with an envelope under your door saying that you have an invite to the secret society. And that's typically from multiple people wanting you to be a member or you being a particular grade point average right. or coming from a particular background. I, I don't know. I, maybe the sororities, it's a sor sororities and the uh, sororities. sororities. Thank you. They do well, much those of the same the, thing. Those are the, that's, yeah. They do much of the same thing. A lot okay. of the ones that well, are highly selective Right, they have similar. like the rush week, and you like you're basically like meeting these people, and you'll have to be asked to pledge. Or you have you're not, you do have to be asked, yeah, right. Which is for some of them are very highly competitive. Yeah, and I, there's a lot of overlap between these groups. Well, my question, is, and I, we're not we're just stepping all over you, Brett. Sorry. No, no, no. My question is, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit right before Brett got even here today. What do you think is the main driver? about what you were saying they're competitive so what do you think the main driver for a person wanting to be networking and, absolutely. And, absolutely network it's, it's like why, why would you want so here's any of these so if i go to harvard so i got i got a degree in engineering if i went to harvard guess what the information is the same as yeah. it is at uk the what's the benefit of going to that ivy league school for fifty thousand dollars a year you're going to school with the top, the top-notch kids in the entire world, and you're going to be able to network with those people. Yeah. Those are going to be CEOs. Those are going to be, uh, you know, financial advisors. Those are going to be, you know, 
Those are going to be presidents, senators. Those are going to be people in power. And that's 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 the benefit. And that's the whole benefit of the Whether secret society. Whether it's the school or the secret society or fraternities yeah. or Freemasons or any of it. It's all networking. It's all networking. Yeah. And you know, I, I agree with all of that. You know what? The one thing that in today's world helps nullify some of that a little bit. Sure. As far as power goes and, and, and power to communications. Yeah, all of it. Internet. The, these these microphones sitting in front of us. I think sure. that so I, 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 I try to never lose sight of how much is here. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Tell us about, tell us about Skull and Bones. No, I, I think that was a good question because it, it it's like, why is this important? Like, why is the, why, why would you even want to be a part of this? Right. So I, I think that's a great question to have. And it, yeah, it's definitely the networking. The, and I think the big, the big reason why these uh, secret societies get a bunch of notoriety is because we figure out, like in 2004, so I, I'm going to start talking about Skull and Bones. This is a, this is a Yale secret society. In 2004, the two main presidential candidates we're Skull and Bones members. Both. <laughs> Both of them. And uh, it was John Kerry and George Bush. Can you imagine that that meeting? <laughs> so, and, and so it, they didn't sit together. <laughs> so when asked uh, what it meant that he... So this was, he, this was asked of John Kerry. What, when asked when, uh, what it meant that he and George Bush were both Bonesmen, uh, he said, not much because of the secret. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Uh, anyways, so Skull and Bones, this is this was my favorite uh, of the ones that I've researched, but it's one of the Did oldest. Did you know, just real quick, I'm yeah, sorry, speaking of John Kerry, that uh, his wife was out running him one day and running away from him, and she's he was yelling at her, honey, honey, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And she's like, just catch up. Sorry. No. I didn't get no. it. <laughs> John Kerry's wife is, her name, her last name is Heinz. And yes, <laughs> she owns the Heinz ketchup and condiments business worth billions. Really? Yeah. 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 So anyway. Go I wonder if they met at Yale. That's, a good, that's a good networking. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, oh, you, uh, can I have your number? Oh, you own Heinz. Oh, wow. <laughs> How much well, is at that the worth? Time she didn't know. How oh much wow, okay. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> you're set up. That'd be like you know. Oh, your last name's Walton. You're from Arkansas. I'm in. Can we uh, get married tomorrow? <laughs> anyway, uh, anyways, bad yeah, joke. So, bad joke. Skull and Bones. Uh, it's one I of the it. oldest and most notable secret societies. I was looking at this uh, this list that the History Channel put together. It was the five uh, most Notable secret society. Skull and Bones was number four on their list. So <clears throat> it's the oldest secret society at the University of Yale, uh, which Yale is in New Haven, Connecticut. It started in 1832. Uh, it's become well known for its powerful alumni and conspiracies surrounding it. So, as we said, <clears throat> we know who the alumni are. The conspiracies that surround it are kind of iffy on the evidence. There's not really any evidence anything that is said. It's just more of skeptic, uh, speculation. So each year, 15 seniors at Yale are tapped to join uh, Skull and Bones. So these are only seniors. So it's not like any freshmen are getting into this, uh, this society. Their names are published in Yale Rumpus, uh, though what happens behind closed doors of the tomb, uh, which is what they call their um, uh, the Skull and Bones Hall. Um, it, it's just, so it's a win windowless meeting place. Um, they gather twice a week. That's that's all under wraps. So that's all sworn to secrecy. Um, graduate members are referred to as patriarchs, while those undergoing initiation are called knights. Uh, outsiders of the group are barbarians. So it's basically it, it, in, this, <laughs> in this society, they're it's them against everyone else. You know. So uh, recently, elite Yale institutions have been transformed. This is something we also talked about. I I just wanted to put this in there. I'm not putting any sort of stance on it. And actually I'm, I'm going to kind of defend why this is the case, but um, so they're, so they started out all, most of these secret societies started out as very heavily white male, white, rich male um, uh, participation. So 
<clears throat> now uh, it's much more left wing um, leaning. So in 2021, no conservatives were admitted at all. What were you saying in 2020? There was no white. The white society at all? tapped its first entirely non-white class in 2020. 2021. 2020. 2020. Okay. 2020. Okay. Was when there was no conservatives. So again, it, and I'm going to ask you all this question. So, do you think this is be- so? This is we're talking about an Ivy League campus. Do you think that this is because they are selectively saying you are conservative? We don't want conservative thinking in this society. Or do you think it's because most universities, especially Ivy League universities, are predominantly left wing thinking, and the the people the amount of people that they are picking from, majority of them are left wing. And that they, that that just they pick the best of the best, and that's what they're that's what they're left. They're with. not picking the best of the best. When you have a group at Harvard, and you have a group that is entirely non-white, I think there's one reason. We have a tendency to do knee-jerk reactions. You're right. We started off uh, as all-white, male, rich, privileged. Did that need to change? Yes. But the knee-jerk reaction went as to me, gone too far the other way. When, when you're to the point that you're saying no conservatives and no whites at Harvard, that that's not their base. And if they continue down this road, the group will go away pretty quickly. Yeah. Fairness. And see, this is really going to maybe wade into trouble waters here. Why not? Um, there is a difference between fairness and discrimination. And it doesn't matter which way it goes. Fairness is if I have a college that is 40% white, 20% black, and 20%, you know, 30% Hispanic. And I have a group that is 40% white, 20% black, 40% Hispanic. Discrimination is, based on knee-jerk reactions, oh, well, we used to be all white. Now we're all Hispanic. Or it's anytime you try to force a certain it, number. It's a discrimination the other way. And it to me, that doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter black or white, white or black or brown or, or Asian or whatever the color. If you're going to want to be fair, then be fair. If you're here's another example. Say you're the 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 makeup of your campus has a LGBTQ regimen of another six percent. Well, make six percent. You know that's where your number should be. So, it, it, I'm, so I'm, I just looked it up sure. because I didn't know. So at Yale right now, six point nine percent are black slash African American. Zero point three percent are Native American or Alaska Native. Sixteen point eight percent is Asian, zero point one percent is Native Hawaii or other Pacific Islander, twenty two point three percent is international, eleven point four percent is Hispanic, uh, five point four percent is two or more, uh, so I guess two or more ethnicities, one point two percent is race ethnicity unknown. Guess who? What the majority is? Thirty five point six percent white. Yeah, and I don't even care if you you're occasionally. Pick the best, and you have a you have a bigger pool from, and it's not it's not saying that, and and you some people are going to make the argument. Well, whites are going to be more privileged, so they're going to be accepted in these these universities more commonly because these are the top universities in the world. Really, it's been proven, and it's been proven recently that Harvard has not been using admit uh, admittance into their school based on the best of the best. I, I really didn't want to get into political argument. I just uh, I just thought this was really interesting because well, it, it only the only reason it even tends to go that way is because we didn't make it political. Skull and Bones did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying by saying we're not going to have any non non. You know, we're not going to if you're white, you can't be in. Well, they didn't say that. Or if, right, one class. If, but here here's the problem I have. I don't care if you occasionally, accidentally, they only have 15 members. Yeah. I don't care if occasionally there are no whites. Right. Don't go brag about it. Don't go brag about the fact that the following year there's no conservatives. 
Right. When you do that, you made an intentional effort to have in 2020, no whites and 2021, no conservatives. Right. Yeah. And just the fact that you're looking at their political affiliation. Yes. In, at all. Is a concern, right? Why is it even on the questionnaire? Yeah. Yeah. I, I That's where you, I, I 100%, 1 million percent agree with that. So I, I'll, so Skull and Bones has a lot of, uh, of the, I, I, I'll kind of start wrapping this up. So, According to 2016, uh, there's a there's a filing with the IRS. So the Russell Trust Association, that's the business name of Skull and Bones. Um, it has assets over three million dollars, and as of 2024, the organization has an endowment of 17 million. So this is a very well off organization, tons of money. Um, there was actually an expose written in 1986 called America's Secret Establishment. Uh, it was written by Anthony Sutton that claims Skull and Bones was out to create a new world order uh, that was run by Bonesmen. Um, again, if you're living in 2004, you may be thinking this theory might have some credibility. Uh, you know, nowadays, I mean, so you, you see the evidence, you see there's some notable figures, but it's not like everybody that's running the world right now is Skull and Bones. But here's some of the things that they've been accredited for in the past. And it, well, accused of or accused of. Okay. Yeah. You know, You're they've been accused of, they've been accused of having involvement in the John F. Kennedy assassination. They've been accused of being part of the creation of the nuclear bomb. They've been accused of, some believe that it was created by the CIA as a direct recruiting tool straight to the straight CIA. to the CIA. You start factoring in those things and those rumors, and, and I'm Get not to saying the good stuff. any of the huh? Get to the good stuff. Well, hang on. Okay. I'll let you get to the good stuff. I'm just saying when you start. When you start having those types of rumors associated with you, then people start to be like, oh, what's going on over there? New world order starts happening. What's the good stuff, Jerry? And going along with what you're saying, a lot of it goes back to the fact that you're secret. Yeah. So most people are going to say, why? What are the secrets? You don't right. keep right. good stuff hidden. You don't keep good stuff and secret. See, maybe we don't even fully understand what the difference between a fraternity and a secret society is because we don't know those secrets we, we don't know what's going on there that's yeah. different if, if you have your bourbon drinker you yeah. don't keep your good bourbon out on the common shelf <laughs> you keep it where hidden yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of the good things the skull yeah. and bones has a reputation for stealing keepsakes from other yale societies campus buildings and even historical places the society has been accused of stealing and possessing the stolen skulls of Martin Van Buren, Geronimo, uh, George Bush Sr.'s grandfather, Prescott Bush, yeah. supposedly was part of that group that went out and dug up Geronimo and brought it back. Uh, in January 2010, Christie's auctioned a human skull that supposedly had links to skulls and bones. So that was the good stuff I was saying we needed to get to. Jerry, what is your in your research? What what was the favorite of yours? What was your one you want to talk about? The Flat Hat Society. Ooh, the OG, the original. They really were. It started in 1750 when students at the College of William and Mary formed the FHC Society. The letters actually stand for a Latin phrase that means brotherhood, humanity, and knowledge. But it came to be known and still is known as the Flat Hat Society. Some of its most prominent members included St. George Tucker and Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson is noted as saying, when I was a student of William and Mary College of this state, there existed a society called the WHC Society, confined to the number of six students only, of which I was a member. But it had no useful object, nor do I know whether it now even exists. Which leads me to believe that, like we're saying, a lot of this is about networking. A lot of the secrets are probably intended to drum up interest, thinking if we don't tell them and we keep things secret, they really knew they'd be bored to death. So let's just not tell them and let them speculate. We drink and throw darts. <laughs> Actually, that turns out that's what a lot of them do. Yeah. When you, according, At least according to most of the information that we have about a lot of these uh 
we'll get into a little bit later. This is not just United States thing. They have them over in um, Oxford and Cambridge universities and Boris Johnson, David Cameron were in one. And that's what they said that those were known for yeah. getting drunk. And that's really not, that's what fraternities are. Right. That's really the, the, the big ploy of fraternities. We got a lot of girls. We got a lot of drugs. Like, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> we got a lot of parties. I mean, now the FHC again was the oldest. Uh, it didn't last it. The best opinion is that the society didn't survive the British invasion of Virginia at the end of the American Revolution. So oh, wow. it went away pretty quickly. It was revived in 1916. They're not for sure when it went away again, but it did. It was revived again in 1972. So the Flat Hat Club. And Steve, what would your favorite one be? Well, um, I really like, if, if I had to choose one that I like, would have to be probably, <sighs> I really like, and I want to make sure I get the name right. So I know if I can scroll here. Yeah, the Seven Society, University of Virginia. And we talk, it was founded allegedly in 1905. And when we talk about secret clubs, it doesn't get much more secret than this. One of the most bizarre traditions they have is, Members aren't even made public until they die. That's pretty secret. <laughs> uh, and you can always tell that when a seven society member has passed because a wreath of black magnolias in the form of a seven will be draped over their casket. Um, that's how you know. Which um, is so cool, by the way. Like, if you're like a grandkid, you know, just like, like think about your. Like your grandfather died, and they have like that seven. Like, I mean, I, I think that would just be super cool. Tell right. them about the bells. Um, when there's a funeral, what happens with the bells at school? They ring seven times. Um, Not just seven times. At, this is at the University of Virginia? At the University of Chapel. The bell tower, which they donated, rings at seven-second intervals at the seventh dissonant chord when it is seven past the hour. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> So wow. <laughs> some of the most awesome. some of the most concrete evidence of the society existed is the number seven markings left around campus. A lot of times during their football games, uh, before they went to turf, uh, there would be a seven that would be on the field. Now they've moved that to a hillside and they get the black magnolias over there. Um but the one thing that the Seven Society has always done has, has been a very generous uh, uh, philo, philo, uh, philanthropic. Thank you. Good gravy. My mouth is not working tonight. To the university. Their donations arrive in letters signed with seven, the seven astronomical symbols in order. Earth, Jupiter, Mar Mercury, Mars, Neptune, Uranus, and Venus. Donations and scholarships are given to students in need in the given quantities. For example, $777 or $1,777. One of the uh, things that they're famous for, and we don't technically know if it's true, but in 1947, a small explosion is said to have interrupted the commencement ceremony. When the smoke cleared, a check for $177,777,077 floated to the ground. The university used the money to create an interest-free loan program for students and faculty members in financial trouble. To me, that's just cool. I mean, that's, that's awesome. It's really super secret, and they are actually known to be a force of good, especially around their own campus. So, do you know? Do you know of anybody who? I mean, they, obviously, they have to have died, right? And and there really isn't any that I could find. Some of the people that they, when they have died, that have had that seven draped over their casket: John Lloyd Newcomb, uh, Joseph Twinham. And Edward Stinius Jr. And I, I don't know who any, any of those people are. I looked them up, but I, yeah, I didn't, yeah, know, I, I didn't know any of them. So that's that's my favorite. Now, some notables. Uh, the Cadaver Society at Washington and Lee University. Um, Who's that? Uh, 
They get average societies and other groups that have shared so little information, it's unclear whether they still or ever existed. But who do they think are potential members? I, I'll get to that in a second. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Okay. Um, the rumors of this society alone are worthy of placing it in this, this conversation. While it's only speculation, many people believe the Cadaver Society were a group of pre-med students with leadership qualities, high academic grades, and an appreciation of university traditions. Most concrete evidence of this club is the sign, which is a skull in letter C, scrawled all across campus. They are said to wander campus at night dressed in black, their faces covered with a skull mask as they graffiti the school, basically, with their sign. Like any good secret society, they also seem to have plenty of money, making donations to the college. In 1988, the cadavers reportedly donated 150000 to renovate the frat houses. Uh, one of the most salacious, however, of all the cadaver rumors is that they were a branch of the Illuminati. It's rumored that the cadavers traveled around campus in the series of secret tunnels. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but uh, and it doesn't, I don't have a list of any of their, 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 their people. Well, I like the fact of the pre-med students. Yeah, the cadavers. A group of pre-med students <laughs> joining a secret society called the cadavers. Yeah, that's. I would think that that's where they got their name, but you yeah. Know. But and you how think, would you feel if you found out your doctor belongs to a group called the Secret Cadaver Society? I wouldn't care as long as I'm not one of his cadavers. No, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not going to be one of his I'm cadavers. Leaving. Hey, he must be. I mean, he must be pretty. So he must be pretty good if he's you know picked in this. Pretty good at what? Making cadavers. I'm personally going to be at Harvard and get to be a part of a club. I want to be part of the porcelain club. And we're not talking toilets. Is that how you, uh, where is it? Let me find that. Founded in 1794, the porcelain club uh, was one of the first college societies. It's mono, dumb, vivious, vivimus. <laughs> I, I do not speak Latin. Do Biba Moose, Biba Moose. <laughs> yeah, which translate is, while we live, let us live. And I, I, let me let me just say that again. I think again. it's called Porcillion, by the way. Okay, good. <laughs> what? Porcillion, what did I say? Use it for <laughs> Oh, it is Porcillion. I'm an I idiot. Think, I'm not sure. I think. No, I think you're right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, not at all. It's first glance. That's what I would call it, too. But their motto, while we live, let us live. I like that. I dig that. I like that, too. And you're shaking your head, Jerry. But how many people... No, I'm just saying this. The best part is their mascot. Once you get to their mascot. Oh, wait. Well, yeah. But think of how many people that are alive. And I've been thinking about this a lot, especially here lately. How many people are alive but simply exist? I was talking to a really good friend. Um, somebody I love and care about very much just the other day about people who get to a certain spot in their life and they give up. They stop taking care of themselves. They stop taking care of the way they look and how they are. And they just kind of go through life in the routine. You're just not living. You're Even existing. before they give up, I think there's a lot of people who just kind of plateau. Yeah. yeah. That's almost giving up. Right. So I really dig that. While we live, let us live. Anyway, the Porcelians, and I like, I think that's how you're, I think you're 100% right. The club mascot is a pig. <laughs> Members of the club are recognized by clothing items and accessories that have pigs on them, pigs' heads printed on them. The clubhouse is known as the Old Barn and is a three-story mansion located directly across the road from Harvard Yard. Membership is competitive and invitation only. Legend has it that only non-members invited to the old barn were President Dwight Eisenhower. Yet when he tried to gain entry again after his presidency, after his presidency had ended, he was turned away. <laughs> Here's That's the thing. Selective. Yeah, very selective. Um, oh, you can't help us anymore, so you're out. But here's the cool thing. There's a rumor that if members of the Porcelian 
have not earned their first million dollars by the time they turn 40. They give it to They me. give it to you. No. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's, again, it's a rumor. Who Some knows? of the people that were involved with the Porcelian Club, Winklevoss, the Winklevoss twins, had no idea. Teddy Roosevelt, Oliver Wyndham Holmes. And one that didn't make it? Franklin Delano Roosevelt was not asked to join. Can you imagine? FDR, one of the <laughs> most impactful presidents, hey, yep. whether you agree with him or disagree with him, he's the most impactful president of all time. And so I, I looked this up. So, so Skull and Bones obviously asked George W. Bush to be a part of their uh, organization. Do you guys know what his GPA was? At Yale? Not that good. Two point. Three, five. Dude, that is awesome. Listen, listen, listen. Watch out now. There's some people sitting at this table. That's what they graduated with. So <laughs> easy there, fuzzy little man. I'm just saying. When there is that is a, below like the, the C average. What is it called? The event where the presidential candidates go and roast themselves. What's that called? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Every four years, they have this event. And they don't, all, like Trump refused to go. Can you imagine Trump roasting himself? Bush <laughs> did an absolutely fantastic job with Kerry. Here's the line that I love the best. He said, while at uh, Yale, John Kerry wrote a book. While at Yale, I read one. <laughs> <laughs> I love George Dude, Daniel. I tell you what, man. And it, not, a, not 11, I mean, he was... I I think his approval rating was like sky high because of the way he handled everything and and you know this, we we're gonna not make this political show no yeah but yeah. Jerry and I've talked at length many times the one thing I liked about George W whether you Democrat Republican if he said something whether you agreed with him or didn't agree with them that's how he truly felt he yeah. wasn't saying it because he thought it was right. popular. Right, and and, and to, to flip that on the other side, we also feel the same way. I feel, I personally feel the same way about Barack Obama. If he said something, it's because he truly felt that way, yeah. whether I agree with him or not. I would um, definitely agree with you, yeah. So I can appreciate people like, who do that. Bill Clinton. <coughs> yeah, who were these? The I did opposite. not have sexual relations with that woman. He had to take it. That was a great impression. What do you mean? Terrible. But it's true. He had to take a poll before he decided what he felt about anything. (laughs) Yeah, we 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 lied earlier when we said we're not going to turn this into a political (laughs) show. This is is the most political show. So anyway, yeah, this is this is the most political, and we're not getting any. In fact, let's stop right there. Brett. Secret college societies, do they need more or less news coverage? Man, I tell you what, if there's like a news article that says, hey, Ivy League college is exposed, you know, secret society is, you know, sacrificing human babies, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But as of right now, I would say thumbs down. Thumbs down. Jerry? Well, I would love to say thumbs down, but I'm looking through my notes, and there's one we didn't cover. Uh-oh. So for that reason so alone, more it needs more coverage. We didn't talk about the order of the bull's blood. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. Big Let's talk there. about it. You got some time? <laughs> that was total BS. Oh. It does not, <laughs> great name. It does not deserve to be talked about at all. <laughs> so you're here, thumbs down. I'm a thumbs down. I am also a, we all agree on one. Yeah, we do. Whoa. That never happens. Yeah, I just, you know, it's great. It's something if you're having a weird conversation over some bourbon or something to be like, oh, I wonder what they do in there. But we don't know. It's a secret. For If you have been a member of a secret society in a a college, uh, shoot us an email. Tell us why we're wrong. Let us know why we're wrong and why it is important. I mean, if you're willing to send that email, we're willing to have you on to talk about it for sure. But until then... Thumbs down from all three of us. Woo! First time ever. I know. Man, that episode is really interesting. And if you'll stick around for us for just a few commercials, we have another great story to tell you. Hi, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. When it comes to buying a home, the process can be overwhelming and confusing. With so many options, it can be hard to know where to start. 
That's why it's important to work with a certified mortgage loan originator. I have the knowledge and expertise to guide you through the process and find the best mortgage option for you. I will work with you every step of the way to ensure that you are getting the best deal possible. So if you're looking to purchase or refinance, please reach out to me at 502-680-0953. So don't take on the stress of buying a home alone. Work with me and I will make your dream a reality. Trust the professionals and make your home buying experience a positive one. MLS ID 448908, DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, MLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is equal housing opportunity. If you want us to review or rate your product on air, if you have suggestions for new episodes, awesome ghost stories, or anything else, please reach out to us. Our email address is newsworthywithstephenjerry at gmail.com. Our text number is area code 540-709-1318. And now, back to the story. At 40 years old, Franz Kafka, born in 1883, died in 1924, who had never married and had no children, was strolling through a park in Berlin. He met a small girl who was crying because she lost her favorite doll. She and Kafka searched for the doll, unsuccessfully. Kafka told her they would meet there the next day and would come back for her. The next day, the doll had not been found. Kafka gave the girl a letter, written, and I'm using air quotes, by the doll that said, Please don't cry. I've taken a trip to see the world. I'll write to you about all my adventures. Thus began a story that continued to the end of Kafka's life. During their encounters, Kafka would read the doll's carefully written letters with adventures and conversations that the girl found adorable. Finally, Kafka brought back the doll, he had bought one, that had returned finally to Berlin. That looks nothing like my doll, the little girl said. Kafka handed her another letter in which the doll had written, My travels had changed me. The little girl hugged the new doll and took her happily home. A year later, Kafka died. And many years later after that, the girl, now an adult, had found yet one more letter inside the doll. The tiny letter signed by Kafka read, Everything you love will be lost. But in love, in the end, love will return in a different way. Embrace the change. It is inevitable for growth, and together we can transform pain into wonder and wonder into love. But it's up for up to us to consciously and intentionally create that connection. And Jerry, if you can't see the light, be the light. <laughs>